So while we do this, uh, I'm going to introduce our speaker. You guys know Leanne. Um, she's been around here and a, an incredible woman of the spirit, an incredible woman of our church. Oh, I could grab that for you. <laughs> um, and she's been such an encouragement to me and my family and I know to many of you. So uh, let's give Pastor Leanne a round of applause and we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Thank you. And I, good, I'm on. Fantastic. It is so good to be here. It is so good to see faces without masks. It is so good to be able to be uh, in a place where we can, you know, worship together, where we can, um, you know, connect with each other, but most importantly, where we can connect with our Heavenly Father. And I'm so, so grateful. I haven't been here for the last two weeks, but it's so, so good to be able to be back here again. And um, that's just a couple of things that I'm thankful for. But what are you thankful for? If we can go to that first slide, I want you to just take a few seconds to think about, in this very point in time, five things that you're thankful for and share it with somebody close by to you. You might have to go in groups of three. If you are going in groups of three, you're going to have to be really fast because you've only got about 30 seconds to each share, starting now. Five things you're thankful for. Don't think too long. There's no right or wrong answer. Don't take too long. It's not meant to be a speech. Hopefully you've swapped over to the other person. Okay, let's just call it quits. Everyone's mouths close. All right, next question for you. Now, this is just a pondering question. This is not a discuss with somebody else question, okay? If you knew that you were going to go to a desert island, what would be five things that you would take? Just think, don't talk. Just think. I wonder if those are the same things in that circumstance, are what you're grateful for now. Because obviously, if I was going to go on a deserted island, I don't think I'd want to take my phone with me because there's probably not electricity. Is there Wi-Fi? I don't, I, well, there might be on your deserted island. There might be Wi-Fi. There could be a resort on your deserted island. Who knows? It's your deserted island. But the, the, the point is, is that, you know, what we're grateful for now might be very different in difficult or different circumstances. But, you know, we've all got things that we are grateful for. You know, some of the things that, um, the first things that come to people's minds about what they're grateful for is often family, friends, their health, having a home. I, each morning I jump under my hot shower, I just, I seriously do this, I go, God, I'm so grateful for hot water. Because when we went to Uganda a few years ago, there was no 
hot water. It was cool, but mind you, the temperature was a lot hotter too. But like, I love a hot shower. It's just a bit of time to myself where I can just think, clear my head and prepare myself for the day. You know, and I love it too. And I'm always so grateful at home when I am not the person having to cook the evening meal. I just feel like food cooked by somebody else just tastes 10 times better. And probably all the mums are going, "Uh uh-huh, you're speaking my language. So, well, I have just got out of isolation, being a close contact twice in a row. Can you believe that? So I've not been here for the last two Sundays. So Phil had COVID and I was out of action for a week. Three days of freedom I had And then other people in um, our home got it. So I was locked in again, isolating at home. And, you know, it's amazing when you don't have something, what you are are grateful for. And um, I knew this week that I was, when I was in isolation, that I was going to be preaching. Well, I was down to preach, put it that way. But Monday morning, I was in a pretty fragile state. In fact... I was in tears because I'm just going, oh, my God, what if I get COVID this week? Like, what are the chances of me not getting COVID when three people in our home have got it? Like, I managed to dodge a bullet somehow with Phil, but that's because he isolated downstairs away from us. But nonetheless, like, all this fear arose in me, and I thought, if I get it on Friday or Saturday, someone else is going to have to preach on Sunday with no notice. And I feel like, oh my God, that's just really unfair to that other person. I was also thinking about, quite selfishly, if, if those people are in isolation, they can't be cooking that evening meal for me anymore. I'm going to have to be doing not only dinners, I'm going to have to be doing lunches as well, you know, and they can fend for themselves upstairs for cereal, breakfast, whatever. But like all this stuff is going through my head and I was not thankful at all, in tears. So I did what any rational person or irrational person would do. I email Caleb and go, I don't think I should be preaching on Sunday. <laughs> I think you should find somebody else. Um, got Phil to, pray, Phil to pray for me, got my parents to pray for me, got our life group to pray for me, all great praying people. And then my attitude shifted into a place of peace. And I'm going, okay, God, If you want me to be preaching here on Sunday to share this word you've placed on my heart about finding contentment, you need to make it happen. And I just left it. Day six, negative, and here I am. So so I have a lot to be thankful for, you know. Even though my week started off like, "Ah it's like, you know, God is in control. and, And here I am. And, you know, over these last two years, we have all been through crazy times in this pandemic. All of our lives have been thrown into disarray in different ways. You know, and um, even for you people, you know, online, you might be not here physically, wanting to be here, but maybe can't be here because of of illness or whatever reason, you know, you're not here. But it doesn't matter Because God tells us, you know, to give thanks in all circumstances. And, you know, when you're in this place of overwhelm, you know, joy and peace, they seem so distant, so far away. And that might be you today. You might feel a bit like your joy has been robbed from you by your circumstances. You may wonder when the hard times that you're going through are going to end. Are they ever going to end? 
How much longer, God? How much more can I endure? Well, I want to tell you there's hope. And you can find contentment no matter your circumstances, even in the difficult times. But you know, how do we find contentment? Just as that slide says, contentment is found in thanksgiving and gratitude. Contentment is found in prayer. Contentment is nothing that we can do. You know, we can't do anything to earn it. It's not necessarily a reward. It's just a gift from God because it's a a prayerful attitude that we have to him, of one of thanksgiving, despite our circumstances. So, I've spoken a bit about contentment. What is it? So, the Oxford Dictionary defines contentment as a state of happiness and satisfaction. And the Collins Dictionary is very similar. It says, a feeling of quiet happiness and satisfaction. So, one set of state, one set of feeling. Yet often, happiness is really just a feeling, it's an emotion, and it's short-lived. Whereas contentment is a state of being, and it's longer term. I found a couple of quotes about contentment. So Oscar Wilde, he was a a well-known Irish poet in the Victorian era, and he said, true contentment is not having everything but in being satisfied with everything you have. And then someone unknown, and I wish I could put my name here, but I can't, says, um, contentment is not the fulfilment of what you want, but the realisation of how much you already have. Again, it's just a shift of perspective. But I think the greatest one that stood out to me as I was having a bit of a read of all these quotes was one from Focus on the Family, which is a a global Christian ministry that um, really looks to help families. And that says contentment, contrary to popular opinion, does not mean uh, being satisfied where you are. Rather, it is knowing God's plan for your life, having a conviction to live it, and believing that God's peace is greater than the world's problems. So... How can we believe that God's peace is greater than the world's problems? How do we find and enter into God's peace and hold on to that in our lives? And that's simply through prayer, that ongoing two-way dialogue between us and our Heavenly Father. So both contentment and God's peace can be found in prayer. We are so blessed, seriously that we have this at our fingertips to be able to pray to a loving Heavenly Father and the result is peace and contentment. So the, the passage of the Bible that I want to focus on today is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. And it's uh, three little verses, they're not really very long, but there's um, two versions that I want to just compare So in the New International Version, which is the top one, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then in the Living Bible Translation, it says, Always be joyful, always keep on praying, no matter what happens. Always be thankful, for this is God's will for you 
who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, if you are ever wondering what the will of God is for your life, it's simply rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. So it doesn't matter if you are a teenager or the oldest person living on the earth, if you are single, married, have kids, don't have kids, if you're working, unemployed, God's will for each and every one of us is to always be joyful, always keep on praying, and no matter what happens, always be thankful. Three little things that I want to unpack a little bit more today. Now, you know, for some people, this might be a bit hard, um, you know, to, to hear, to rejoice always. You might think, you know, I don't really feel like I have a lot to, to rejoice about. But rejoice actually means to, to feel or show great joy or delight, to express or cause great pleasure and happiness. Now, for those of us who know God, who have Jesus, you know, living in us, we have so much to be thankful for, you know, to have an intimate relationship with a loving Heavenly Father. How can you not be joyful, you know, um, about that as you think about that? Having someone who wants to walk alongside of you, you know, closely, and, and help you and guide you and encourage you and, and give you hope for the future and guide your steps. How can you not rejoice in that? Again, we have so much um, that we can re rejoice in. As I said earlier, there may be some people here who feel like their joy has been robbed by them. And that's what the devil does. He comes to kill, steal and destroy. So he comes to kill our joy, destroy our joy. But Jesus comes to restore all of that in, in abundance. And later, we're going to have a time of communion where I believe God is going to do some work. If your joy has been lost, if it's been robbed by you, I know that in that time, God wants to restore joy back into people's lives. In that second um, part of the, or verse 17, it says, pray continually, always keep on praying. This does not mean 24-7, okay? Just to clarify that, because again, when I used to read this, I used to think, oh my God, I don't have time to pray always. Like I'm a mum, I'm working, I've got meals to cook for people who are in isolation upstairs in my house. Like seriously, I can't pray all the time. But that's not what it actually means. Um, before I get onto what it does mean, I want to just recap. So we have, again, been in this wonderful time, this series that we've been going through, and the timing has been, I feel like, so great for our church, this prayer series, you know, because, again, our lives are so harried and hurried, and there's so many distractions and stuff, and it's been so good, you know, the last five weeks and now the sixth week, to be able to just take some time apart and to hear some, some tools, some keys on, you know, what does it actually mean to pray? So just to recap quickly, like Caleb spoke the first week about submission. You know, am I going to submit my life to my will or to God's will? Big challenge. The second week was all about attention and distraction and getting rid of the things that distract us. And if you've not watched that 
um, message. Please watch it online because Caleb destroys an iPhone because that was a distraction in his life. And for many of us, it is. I am not advocating that you destroy your iPhones because I'm sure you're all taking notes on them right now, aren't you? Um, so that was, you know, all about where is our attention? Where is, are, we, are we being distracted? Get rid of our distractions to be able to put our attention onto God. The next uh, message was from Andrew, and it was about text, context, and prayer, and looking at scripture to build, um, us, build our spirit as a foundation. And then the next one he did as well, called Inside Out, and that was where prayer allows us to live our lives from the inside out, from a place of peace regardless of what our circumstances might be. And then last week, Caleb spoke on, you know, silent and still and the importance of getting away and having a time of silence and solitude with God, again, without those distractions. So praying always is about being consistent and persistent in our prayers now, there are numerous people in the Bible who were consistent and persistent in their prayers. So one of the first one that comes to mind for me is Hannah. This woman in the Old Testament, you know, she, she was married to a, a godly man and all she longed for was a child. And for whatever reason, she was barren for many, many years. And so she was on her knees. You know, every year she would go with her husband and they would do their sacrifices and she would pray to God persistently and consistently for a child. And then in God's timing, she had a child and she dedicated that child to God. And then because of her act of obedience in dedicating the child and upholding the vow that she made before him, he then blessed her with five more children, which I always forget about. That son grew up to be Samuel, one of the great men of God in the Old Testament who would hear the voice of God and speak it out to the people of God, to the Israelites. Um, another woman who comes to mind who was a consistent and persistent prayer was Esther. Now, she was queen at the time, but she was not immune from trials and almost death, like death was on her doorstep. It was on the doorstep of the, the people, the people group that she belonged to, the Israelites. They were due to be annihilated by their enemy. But she called together the people and she called them together to pray and to fast for three days and three nights. Now, pretty dire circumstances. But I think if I was in that sort of a situation too, I think I would be on my knees in my quiet place, numerous times a day, probably 24-7 actually, you know, consistently and persistently praying for God to intervene in that situation. And then a man who really stands out um, in the Old Testament who was consistent and persistent with his prayers was King David. And they say he was a man after God's own heart. He was a man who, when you read through the Psalms, you know, those poems and songs, so many of them he wrote as a prayer, his prayer to God. So beautiful. I love his prayers, you know, some of his Psalms, because they start off sometimes like, woe is me, everything is terrible. But then he goes, but yet I will rejoice, God, yet you will have your way. Such an amazing um, man. And it's interesting too, he was a man who made a habit of praising God seven times a day. And it says in Psalm 119, seven times a day I will praise you for your righteous law. 
And on top of that, so seven times he's praising God throughout the day, it says as well in Psalm 55, evening, morning, and noon, I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. So David was very much a man who did this verse, even though he lived thousands of years beforehand. He knew the importance and the value of praying consistently and persistently and praising God for what he had and what God could do. Now, the Bible actually tells us more than 400 times that we should pray because prayer changes things. Do not ask me for all of those. That's your homework, is to go through and look up all the times. No, it's not really. But if you want to, you can. You know, so, you know, so we have 365 days in a year. There's more than once for every, you know, there's 400 times in the Bible. You do the sums. There's more than once a day that we are told we should pray because it changes things. Now, I've seen some amazing miracles, you know, because of prayer, and I'm quite uh, fortunate that I head up our intercession team, our prayer intercession team here. And that's just a small bunch of people who just have it on their hearts to, um, through a group chat, that when there's a need for somebody else, you know, it might be somebody here, it could be somebody's family, it could be someone in the community that we don't even know, but they're in a situation and they need God to intervene in that situation. So a message comes into the group chat and then we just spend, it might be 10 seconds, 20 seconds, just praying for that need. And it might be then and then throughout the day and over the coming days as well. And it's amazing, this group even started as a result of there was a young man who was involved, um, there was a, an explosion in his face. And they didn't know if this young man was going to live or to die. And his, he wasn't a Christian, but his partner was. She put the word out amongst her Christian family and friends. And um, this, that's how this group started. We were part of that group of people praying for this guy. And a month later, he was sent home from hospital. Again, it, was, it shouldn't have been in the natural, but for people praying out the will of God and just life over this man. His life is changed because prayer works. Prayer changes lives. You know, there was a little baby that was starved of oxygen at birth. And so we were praying for that little baby, you know, just that it would form and develop um, normally in life. And that little one, you would never know that they ever had such a tough uh, beginning in their life. There was a young child that we prayed for that needed an urgent liver transplant. That's a pretty hard thing. You know, you can't just go to a bank or the supermarket and get one. And I'm not being disrespectful here. It's not a simple thing to find a match. But when people pray, God shifts circumstances. And that little, that little person had the transplant and everything is still going okay. You know, we've prayed for people who've needed comfort because of family members passing. We've prayed for salvation for family um, members and, and friends and stuff. We've prayed for so many healing miracles, infections, broken bones, cancer. And God, it's amazing again, like they were sharing, um, Michael and, and Maddie, just that, you know, the power when people come together and they pray and they believe and they declare what God is saying on earth, that earth 
aligns to it. So I encourage you, if you have got prayer needs, um, you can use the Connect card that's on the seats. You can go to the website, jump on the Connect uh, little link and uh, put them in and, and they'll come to me and I will put them to the group. And again, the beauty, what I love about this little group is that um, you know, when we get something, you know, whatever we get, we just type it in there and you get all these amens and yes and likes and loves because they're reading it and they're agreeing with it. Again, prayer changes things. But probably the, the best example and role model of, of someone in the Bible who prayed continually and consistently was Jesus. So Jesus was consistent in praying and he was continually in that prayer mode. So he prayed when he was alone. And I could give you these scriptures, but I won't because it'll take too long. He prayed in public. He prayed before meals. He prayed before making important decisions. He prayed before healing. He prayed after healing. He prayed to do the Father's will. He prayed in the morning. He went and had time with his heavenly Father, um, you know, just, just having time and talking and dialoguing with him hanging out with him. He prayed all night. He prayed before walking on the water. He prayed before his betrayal. He prayed on the cross. And as he took his last breath, he prayed, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Now this was a man who knew the power of praying consistently and continually. Okay. I've just been thinking about this a lot during the week, obviously. Yeah, I do need a tissue, actually. Thank you. Lucky you can't all see. Actually, is my mascara run? Like, do I need to? Anyway. Okay. Anyway, so I try to pray consistently like Jesus. I am never, ever going to be like him. But I try to incorporate prayer into my life because I know it brings me great peace every time I pray. I, at the end of it, I have great peace, no matter what my circumstances are. So something that I have used as a tool to help me read the Bible on a daily basis and then to pray is a thing called SOAP. And that's all about, it's, it's an acronym, it stands for Scripture, Observation, Application and Pray. And it's about reading one chapter of the Bible and it's all planned out. Um, and if, if you're interested in this, you can actually jump onto the church's website and there's a link that you can click on to um, have this praying, this Bible and praying plan. And so you read a scripture, uh, a chapter, you observe something in it, something is highlighted to you, um, how can you apply it to your life and then you pray around that. And I remember back in 2008 when I first learnt of this, I remember having this little revelation of, wow, there is, there's treasure in God's word. There's treasure in the, in the pages of the Bible. 
And God, help me to find the treasure you have for me each day. And it's something that I've done every day. It's, it's like I'm mining, you know, like if you were ever digging um, for, for a precious metal, whether it's gold or precious stones or something. It's like that's, that's the, um, what's kept me going each and every day. Is it's like, what have you got for me today, God? What's the treasure that you have for me? And so what I do is that I then take it down to one verse usually, you know, stands out to me. Quite often it's one word. So I take the one verse and I look at it, well, what's the one word that's really leaping out to me? And that then is the word that I kind of pray around and I ponder that and pray around and go, okay, how can I apply that one word to my, to my life? But the new thing that I've found... Um, this year, since kind of doing the, the prayer series and just that little bit before we started this series, is that I've started doing, instead of doing soap in the morning, first thing when I get up, because I was, um, a few days a week, I was going out fencing with um, Phil and Luke, we'd have pretty early starts, and it's like, I just can't get up any earlier. I just, you know, this is important to me, but I just, it's just too hard in the mornings to get up so early. So I've decided to do it the night before for the next day. So like last night, I did like today's. So that's something new because again, I could, I could struggle and try to get up earlier and just be too tired and not do a good job or I can change what I'm doing and still fit it in to my life but just rearrange my life a little bit. Um, so that's, that's worked for me and so I'll keep doing it because it's, it's working. Something else I've enjoyed over many, many years is going for a walk in the morning, again, with our, um, our dogs, or if I don't have a dog, I'll just do it by myself. But I find myself in that time, you know, often praying in my heavenly language because I might not know what to pray. I'm enjoying nature, you know. I'm looking at the beauty around me. Often there's a, sun, a sunrise happening, and I'm just going, God, you're just so good. Look at these plants. And I get so excited about the things that I'm, I'm seeing. Like, I don't know, I must just be like a kid. I think there's just a, a huge kid trapped in here that just bursts out, you know, at times. And I just love these times, you know, alone. It's just me and God going for a, a walk. You know, there's plenty of times that I'm, I'm out there walking and someone will drop into my head, you know. I'll have this thought of someone, and so I'll go, okay, God, that's weird. Do you want me to be praying for them? So I'll just sense a little word, and if I can't actually sense anything in particular, it'll just be to pray a blessing and peace, because who doesn't need peace in their life, right? And then I'll flick them a little message if I'm clever enough to be walking along, managing the dog on the lead, you know, trying to send them a little, you know, message of encouragement as well. But I think... Um, one of the things too, you know, I'm not scared to be out walking because it is quite early and with my time with God, to be crying even. There's been a few times where I've just been like, God, life really sucks. You know, what I'm going through, it's nothing compared to like, say, Ukraine. It's nothing, nothing. But to me, it's an issue in my life and, and you know, I know that God doesn't want me to be in this place of unrest. I can get rid of the unrest to him. If, if I choose to. So I'll, I'll feel the emotion, you know, and work out what it is that's actually troubling me and then hand that over to God and then take on his peace. But I think um, the new thing that's happened, I feel like, going on these walks is that have, um, Phil and I, we have this dog and uh, it's a little girl. It's a corgi crossed with a kelpie. So she's the size of a corgi but she looks like a kelpie. Super beautiful. 
Um, but as I'm walking along, you know, there's a path that I, I'm trying to take the dog on. And, you know, at times the dog, she wants to go off and distract, be distracted and sniff and do whatever, do, you know. She'd like to chase rabbits if she could, but, you know, thank God for the lead. But I feel like God often says to me, Leanne, this is you and me walking together in life. Here's the path I have for you. And, you know, it's okay for you to get distracted sometimes. But, you know, just like I very gently bring the dog back onto the path because I know the best way to go, you know, I feel like God does that too. Sometimes he just allows me to be a little distracted over here. But he always brings me, you know, in the... He's never rough, but he just, you know, he wait sometimes and bring me back on. And it's even like I make our dog sit before we go to cross the road because I just want the dog to kind of know who's in control and it's good for them, you know, to to have that working um, aspect in their life. And I feel like there's times too where God actually says to me, Leanne, okay, just stop and sit a little bit. You know, just it's amazing. When you actually look for God in the circumstances, you can find it. And I'm not I'm not a super spiro or anything like that, but when I'm looking for God in a circumstance, I can find him. Um, so something else that's new for me this year is I, each year I try and get a word from God. You know, what do I sense for this year? And um, my word for this year is rotate. And I wasn't sure when God first impressed that word on my heart. What does that mean? Because I thought rotate meant um, like, like this. Like that I should rotate round and round. A bit like a chicken in a rotisserie. But it doesn't. It means like this, that if that's the centre, it's to move around like a central point. And I thought, okay, well, how do I, you know, how does this relate to my spiritual walk? And I thought, well, if Christ is the centre and I'm looking at him from multiple angles, I'm going to get a greater perspective of him and who he is. And so that's what I've chosen to do this year. And how I've incorporated that is that as I've been doing the daily Bible reading, the soap, even if it's an Old Testament book, I look at that and I go, okay, how can I find Jesus in this? What are the qualities of Jesus coming out of it? Because even in the Old Testament, you know, like if um, Elisha was raising someone from the dead, Jesus did that too, you know. So like God was evident back then, he's evident in Jesus. Um, And if, you know, if God is saying to Joshua, be strong and courageous, Jesus was always strong and courageous, you know, so I try to just see how can, how how am I seeing Jesus, what's something new that I'm learning or just even reminded, you know, remembering about Jesus in whatever it is that I'm reading. I think though the, um, one other thing too, I've got two more things to say. I'm reading a new version of the Bible called the New Living Translation, and I'm loving it. It's just a different, it's just a different way of looking at the Bible, but it causes me to see God in a different way, to get a different word, to pray a little bit differently. But I think one of the most favourite things so far is this other thing there called the Behold Prayer app, and Caleb actually put me onto it. He put us all onto it through the newsletter, and it's an app that helps guide you through meditation. And it goes for like 10 minutes, and I love it. It's so simple. Hit the button, you know, find a quiet spot where you're not going to be distracted, and someone will just read out a scripture passage, give a time of reflection, 
read it out again, give a time of reflection, and read it out again and give a greater time of reflection. It is so, so simple. You don't have, I don't have to do anything. But again, it's, it's teaching me and it's, it's putting into my life and helping me form that, um, that pattern of what is God trying to say to me through the scriptures? Because he's always trying to talk to us. He's always trying to encourage us and inspire us. Teach us, correct us, love us through his word. So if you don't have that app, I would strongly, strongly, strongly uh, encourage you to get it. It is so good. So as I said earlier, you know, whenever I spend time with God in prayer, the result is always peace in my life. Now moving on to verse 18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances. No matter what happens, always be thankful because it's the will of God. Prayer is simply where we focus on God, where we enter into his rest and his peace and where we're set free from ourself and we can see things from his perspective. Now, there's plenty in life to not be thankful for. However, Paul instructs us today and he instructed the young church in Thessalonica to always rejoice always pray and always give thanks. You know, as a, as a child, my mum used to tell me when we hurt, hurt ourselves and, and my brothers too, you know, to praise the Lord. So I might stub my toe or graze my knee and my mum would always say, praise the Lord. And I'd go, praise the Lord. But I, I was just reminded of it again. Like at the time, I'm like, that's just really crazy. But I was reminded again you know, as just in this preparation, that as I shift my focus from my pain to praising God, um, you know, I forget about this. This, is, this becomes less and he becomes more. It's the same, you know, when we're, when we're praying. Our circumstances, they don't necessarily change, they're still there, but our focus just kind of shifts. You know, when, um, as parents, Phil and I, with our children... You know, one of the first words you teach your children is thank you or ta, some sort of you know, adaptation of that. And we took that a little step further to, you know, at bedtimes to incorporate a time of thanksgiving to, to Jesus for whatever they could think of. Again, we're trying to teach them and train them to have their own times of thanksgiving and reflection with God. Always beautiful times, very funny sometimes, but... That doesn't matter because that's kids, you know, and God is meant to be fun with kids and with us too. You know, and as an adult, I have learnt as well, there are times when I want to curse someone because they have hurt my family. But again, it says in the scriptures, we're actually meant to pray for those who hurt us. And so I've learnt over time that when I want to curse someone and see God bring you know, fire and brimstone on them. Instead of praying that, I've, I've learnt with time to pray a blessing over them. And again, it's amazing and it starts off really hard. But, you know, as I go, God, you know, bless them in their relationships, bless them in their work, you know, bless them in their relationship with you. As, that, as, I, as I start to do that, it's amazing again how my attitude shifts from one of 
to just at peace with whatever. Knowing that God, you know, God, God loves them as much as he loves me. And it really is through prayer that we find true peace and true contentment. Do you know, even science um, shows that gratitude and thankfulness has positive uh, aspects on our, our health. It makes us happier, it enhances our positive emotions, it increases our self-esteem, it improves our relationships and it helps with decision-making, it reduces stress, stress and depression, and it improves our health. Lots and lots of reasons for us to give thanks and be grateful. But I think, again, the greatest role model for giving thanks in all circumstances was Jesus. Yet again, Jesus gave thanks to the Father in various circumstances. So in Matthew 15, verse 36, it talks about Jesus. He gave thanks to the Father before feeding the 4,000 people. Now, if you can imagine, I couldn't even use seven loaves of bread and a few fish to feed you guys, let alone 4,000 people. But for Jesus to have that attitude of giving thanks to God, because he knew God was going to come through, maybe that's what he was, I don't actually know what he was thanking God for, maybe he was just thanking God for being amazing, again, focusing on God and not the circumstances, but it says in Matthew 15:36 then he took the seven loaves and the fish and when he had given thanks he broke them and gave them to the disciples and they in turn to the people he also gave thanks to the father before feeding 5000 people again very similar circumstances there was no way on the natural that the disciples could have got food to provide for 5000 people there was no shops close by there was no money and yet, again, in this crazy situation, Jesus is presented with five loaves and two fish. And again, he thanks God for what he does have in his hands, gives it to the disciples, and abundant miracle occurs. He prayed again before raising Lazarus from the dead. Another hopeless circumstance, he gave thanks and in John 11, it says, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man, Lazarus, was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. What a, a dreadful situation, circumstance to be in faced with the fact of a dead man, a dead friend. And yet Jesus, he thanks God before calling the man to come out of the tomb and the man responds. And finally, it says um, in around the Last Supper that Jesus, he gave thanks before breaking the bread and before passing around the cup to the disciples this is what I was actually getting emotional about during the week, just thinking about this. You know, here's Jesus. He's at this Last Supper, and he knows what's about to happen to him. He knows that he's about to be beaten. He knows he's about to be betrayed. 
He knows he's about to experience excruciating pain beyond what a mere man, you know, can, can cope with. He knows that the Father is going to forsake him on the cross. He knows that he's about to die. And yet, he's gathered with his friends and he gives thanks to God. I don't know. That, that did bring me to tears a few times um, this week. Imagine what it would be like if you prayed a little bit more, if you rejoiced a little bit more, and if you gave thanks a little bit more in your life for whatever circumstances you were in. Now, some of you might be thinking, I can't do that, that's just too big an ask. And I don't know your circumstances but I know that God does. So if that might be too hard for you, today we started off by just thanking God. Well, we weren't really thanking God. I was. For five things. You thought of five things that you were thankful for. What if every day this week you thought of five things that you were thankful for and you didn't choose anything the same And each and every day, you thanks God for those five little things. That would be you giving thanks just a little bit more in your life, despite your circumstances. That's actually the application for this week. I would love everyone to, to make a thankful list. Quite simple. Choose five things. I could probably prattle off about 50, but I've had a lot of practice at this, and I love it. So if you want to find, if you struggle, if you're struggling at all this week, I give you permission to SMS me and go, Leanne, I can't think of five things, and I will send you five things, okay? I give you permission, seriously, to do that. So imagine if all of us rejoiced just a little bit more, and we prayed just a little bit more, And we all gave thanks to God just a little bit more despite our circumstances. What would our lives look like? What would our workplaces look like? What would our homes look like? What would our community look like? Now, I believe God is calling us all into a new way of praying. I really do. I believe it's a time of letting go of old reference points. I believe it's a time of letting go of old mindsets. I believe it's a time of letting go of the dry patch that you say you're in. I believe it's a time of letting go of old methods and traditions of praying. Hence me sharing some of the unusual ways that I pray because they might inspire you to think and do likewise or similarly. And I believe it's a time of us stepping into and discovering a new and fresh way of dialoguing with our Heavenly Father. So we are going to come around a time of communion. And as the elements are handed out to you guys, I'm just going to read a psalm to you. It's Psalm 103, and it's the first 12 verses. And I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. You can read along with me if you want. 
Otherwise, once you've got your communion, you can just close your eyes and just meditate on the words. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. So right now, we have a little bit of time to rejoice a little bit more, pray a little bit more, and give thanks to God a little bit more, despite our circumstances. So just, you can stay seated. But as we hold the biscuit, Actually, we'll just hold a moment. Just while you're waiting for the last people to be served their communion. Just think of a few things to be grateful to God about in your life right now. Think of who God is to you. Think of your life where it would be without God in it. Maybe you need to be asking God for forgiveness because you've been so focused on yourself and not been very thankful. Maybe you need to be crying out to God, God, restore my joy. This is a time that's purely between you and God. You know, Jesus said as he gave thanks and he broke the bread and gave the cup around at the Last Supper, he said, you know, do this in remembrance of me. This is a very personal time. It's between you and God. It's a time for you to rejoice, a time to pray, and a time to give thanks. Just allow his love his forgiveness to invigorate your love 
for him. And when you're ready, please eat the bread. And when you're ready, drink the little cup of juice, remembering what Jesus has done in your life. Now a son and a daughter having a relationship with your heavenly father. Thank you, God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your plan that even though sin separated us from you, all the bad things that we've ever done separated us from you, that you made a way, you always had a plan to restore that relationship between us and you. And so you sent your son and Jesus, we're so grateful to you because you came obediently and you endured so much because of your love for the Father, because of your love for us. And we're just so grateful. We're so grateful for the peace that we can have because we have relationship with you and because we know you personally. We're so grateful for the joy that we can have in our lives. We're so grateful for the small things that you give us, knowing that they're not really small. You could withhold your hand from us, Father, but you don't because you're a loving, kind, heavenly Father. And you want the best for us. Your plans for us are for hope and a great purpose. Jesus, we just honour you today. We give you thanks. Thanks for who you are. Thanks that you've always been with us, even when we've not known that you were there with us. When we thought we were all alone, when we thought we were abandoned, you were right there with us, waiting for us to come to our senses and to realise that you're there, you care, you hear, you respond. So we thank you, Jesus. I really sensed and I wanted to finish off the service with a real joyous song. And I loved the song that Dan chose and and led us before in, Yes, I will. I'll lift you high. I will praise you no matter my circumstances. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand. We're going to sing this. But before, oh, you can stand. But before you start singing. So this week, like I said, I would encourage you to make a thankful list of five things that you are thankful to God for. And come up with five different things each and every day. And if you're wanting to go even deeper in this, I would encourage you to read that Psalm 103. And to read it from a different translation every day. Choose a different one each and every day. If you're wanting to go really deeper. 
because you are going to get a different, a slightly different perspective, a bit like me, that rotating, a slightly different perspective. And you will find a treasure from heaven because that is God's heart for you, to be blessed beyond measure.